Welcome back into Bearcat Rewind. Today we're talking Northwest Missouri State men's hoops. A couple weeks ago we had Chris Guest, the Northwest Missouri State women's assistant coach, Sean. He's new to the program. Now we're going men's basketball assistant. We have Xavier Kurth, not new. He's been around, played for the Northwest Missouri State Bearcats, a GA, now full-time assistant, of course, too. But Xavier, appreciate you coming on and talking with us. And of course, things have shuffled a little bit for the coaching staff this year. And think about uh, Zach Schneider moving on, pursuing some other career opportunities for you. What's this been like taking on some more responsibility and maybe even a larger role here with Northwest Missouri State? Yeah, Matt, first of all, I just want to thank you for having me this morning. Um, I think with the shuffling of the coaching staff, it's, it's been more of a, a wake-up call for me. I know Zach was incredible in what he did here, and I can't thank him enough for how much he's taught me. Um, he's been a great mentor, a great friend. I still talk to him to this day about some things when I need help. But I think one thing I didn't notice um, as much as I should have is how much he actually did day by day behind the scenes. And so now kind of not filling that role, but having to do some of the things that he was doing um, on top of what you know my responsibilities already were previously is starting to become eye-opening about how much it actually is. Um, this is more than just coaching basketball. It's about developing young men, obviously helping them out with their classes, bus schedules, class schedules, like there's a lot of stuff that goes behind uh, the scenes that some people don't know about. So this isn't all about basketball. There's a, there's a lot more that goes into this. Would you say it is more the one-on-one -on -one relationship and, and getting in and scouting and everything that way? Or is there a little bit more of um, some logistical things of, all right, we're going on the road, making sure we've got the hotel for this night and this night, just things going into it like that? Whole 100%. Yeah, so um, as Division Two basketball coaches, we are the operations and the coaches, so we do a little bit of everything. Um, so it's like you said, with the hotels, scheduling those, scheduling the buses, um, getting those things checked out to make sure that our trips go smooth. On top of scouting, trying to get a good game plan, uh, making sure we know what we're doing offensively and defensively and trying to get some wins in the process of it all. There's, there's a lot going into that, of course. Now, a few years ago, of course, you're in a similar role to where you're playing, and so you don't necessarily maybe have the experience of kind of being the, the mentor side, but you've been menteed by previous coaches that have come before you. How big is that of, all right, I, I kind of know what Mac expects from his players and his coaches. Now I just kind of have to shift the way I view it. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been really thankful and blessed to have amazing coaches um, through my AU days and my high school coach, Chris Neff, Darrell Williams, and then being here with um, Coach Mack and Austin Meyer, who was here, who's now the women's head coach, and Andy Peterson, the athletic director. Like They've all been great. And so I've taken a little bit from everybody to kind of learn what real coaching is, because um, I've seen it now um, as a player. And then kind of being with the coaching staff, not having um, the, I guess, the fear <laughs> of being yelled at for shooting a shot that doesn't go in close games. But uh, understanding, you know, it's, it's, it's not always super intense. There is some relaxation behind it. It has to be enjoyable, and you have to make it enjoyable for everybody else. So in the mentorship and leading, um, you know, the guys on the team and, you know, with Jaron being – a little bit newer. Um, you got to make sure that it's enjoyable for everybody that they that they still want to be here and that they're still trying to you know accomplish the goal with with fun. What role do you play on the bench? Not necessarily like subbing or this and that, but I feel like whenever it was Coach Meyer and Andy Peterson on the bench with Mac, there's some fire out of Andy Peterson, some fire from Coach Meyer, but occasionally maybe cracking a joke and kind of lightening things up a little bit. What role are you there on the bench? I am there strictly for Mac to have somebody yell at. <laughs> Oh, 
man, yeah. But in all serious though, um, uh, last last year, obviously, I'm gonna keep you know going back to Zach. But Zach did a lot of like the subbing, the matchups. I'm um, helping Mac with, you know, some sets, some things that he didn't see during the games that um, just because he's so intense, you know, sometimes you miss those things. Um, but I did a lot of like the timeouts and the fouls, you know, the small stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, still important, but the small stuff. Um, went and got my Snickers from the the scores table during media timeouts. Um, this year, I'm I'm moving into more of like the substitution role. Um, Jaren's helping out with matchups. Um, so we kind of got a, a tandem of what we're doing, what we're trying to get accomplished during the games. Um, but yeah, substitutions, and also you know, again, I I say it jokingly, but Mac does need to vent sometimes during the game. I'll say it like that. Um, he's just got to get some things off his chest, man. I love that dude. But um, being able to be you know a little bit of voice of reason, be that calming um, yin yang to Mac, his intensity. Just, I'm intense too, but there's you can't have two guys like that. So um, just trying to you know be the new, neutral guy in, in all of it. You you and Jaron sharing office here in the in the Lampkin Activity Center. Do you guys, if there's some frustration built up there, are you looking at each other and kind of laying into each other on the bench to not take that back to Mac or a player? Yeah, uh, we get a lot of our conversations in during the media timeouts. It's where <laughs> if you ever watch a game, you see us talking. It's usually probably something about that or how how we're doing these matchups. But you know, it's it's not personal. You know, Mac Mac gets intense, and we all get intense, and we're all super competitive. Anytime that he screams, it's it's nothing personal. Nobody takes it to heart. We're all just trying to figure out how to win the game. I assume that you wouldn't want a guy that's like, I don't say soft that lacked an edge or didn't have that intensity. You kind of want a guy like that that's going to be a leader of men that's going to let you know what he's thinking. Oh, 100%. You know, Mac, um, he's, like you said, he's got that chip on his shoulder from the time he started and, and not being you know as successful as it was um, now. Um, I think that's always kind of stuck with him. And then making sure that, you know, we're following. Obviously, we have goals that we're trying to reach, but the biggest thing with it that he's taught us along the way, even when I was a player, um, is you know falling in love with the process and you can't win a national title you can't win a conference title you can't do that today but what you can do is get a little bit better today and get a little bit one percent better and you know we talked about um this ice cube analogy last year that really kind of helped us um in melting it and kind of the ice cube is frozen that's the analogy somewhere along the lines of this but the ice cube's frozen at you know a certain temperature and the higher you raise the temperature you know the more ice starts to melt. And so that's kind of our, our theme for last year. You know, it's it's kind of the same analogy for this year. You know, we're not the team right now that we're going to be at the end of the season because the ice hasn't melted yet because we, hasn't, we haven't raised our level to the way that it needs to be yet. But that's all takes time. It all takes the process, and that's the part of falling in love with the process that you got to like. When you kind of hear these analogies, you're getting deeper into basketball, and so much as X's and O's, but some's kind of the personalities of players. But then you kind of hear that stuff that, of course, Mac is like a heck of a motivational speaker in his own right. Do you find yourself kind of tapping into that same stuff of like diving into John Gordon books or certain podcasts or certain things that kind of like, where does he find this stuff? And then kind of, I guess, creating your own philosophies of how you approach life and basketball and everything yeah he's he is a motivational speaker and sometimes that dude his motivational speeches come from straight dreams sometimes they come from books sometimes they come from podcasts you never know where you're going to get them from um i guess in in my ways i i have learned a lot from him um again and zach too i'm just kind of learning about what it takes to be um that leader that type of leader that you know that level of leader um obviously there's there's some reading that goes into it trying to find some good stories to motivate guys with and i've i've been on it i was on 75 hard this summer and i I read a lot of books and one of them that i read was the coffee bean if you've never heard of that book 
go find it. Um, it's, it's got a great analogy. And that's kind of one thing that this year stuck with me um, is basically how adversity changes people and how you have to handle adversity to make the situation around you change because of what you're doing to it. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is available on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu slash foundation. And Clorinda Regional Health Center, offering support to Southwest Iowa and Northwest Missouri each day during times of uncertainty through a local team of providers and nurses. More information at clorindahealth.com. Now back to this week's interview. We think about Xavier Kurth as a coach. Has it always been this route? Were you thinking of other fields, or was it you kind of came to Northwest, got a feel for everything going on, and decided that that was the route you wanted to pursue? Man, I, I'll tell you, from the time I got to college, I was so confused. <laughs> I wanted to be a thousand different things, and I think when I got here, the, the one thing that stuck with me was physical therapy for some reason. Um, I think um, I didn't know college – basketball coaching was going to be in my future. I, I did want to coach basketball, but I thought it was going to be the high school level. So I was trying to find a way to do it without teaching. Um, I didn't want to teach. Found out that I was really good te- I was a really good teacher, um, really good motivator. Um, and then, you know, going throughout college, things changed. Um, got a teaching degree, went and did my student teaching at Liberty. Did some coaching halfway there um, with with actually Ben Assert's dad would go to the, not coaching the team, but just kind of being around him, just figuring it out a little bit. Um, and then around Chris Neff as well, while I was down in Kansas City when he was at Staley High School. But um, once I got done playing and done with my, my degree, I left, was doing teaching, and Matt called me and he said, Hey, do you want to you want to coach? We need some help, guys. We don't have no big enough coaching stuff. I was like, Uh, yeah, like, I'll, I'll come back today. He's like, well, we got a game in three days. Can you be there? I said, Hell yeah, yeah, I can be there. And so they called me game day Zay for a while. And then the very first moment that I stepped in that locker room and saw all the guys and felt that intensity that it used to be when I was a player, I kind of knew that this was the route. Um, I'm I'm a huge competitor. Basketball has been in my blood since I was, I don't know, in diapers. <laughs> and so um, just being being able to be around the sport, being able to have an impact in a different way is is huge for me. You mentioned a couple of those basketball mentors for you. Of course, Coach McCollum, Zach Schneider, Roger Sturtz a little bit there, but also Chris Neff. When you're coming up at Lafayette and you get recruited by Ben McCollum, are there some similarities between those two guys? I feel like Coach Neff's kind of laid back and kind of, you know, a chill guy, but I feel like the way they operate and the way they pursue things, there's some similarities. Oh, 100%. That was a, a big reason why I chose Northwest. You know, I was, I was getting recruited by three or four different schools. Um, but Coach Mack reminded me so much of Coach Neff, and I, I knew the experience I had with Coach Neff. I loved it because he, he would push me every day, challenge me every day. You know, he's, he said some things in practice that, you know, I'd go home and I'd have some hurt feelings. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all out of love. And so I, I felt the same way, the same vibe um, that Coach McCollum gave off to the same vibe that Coach Neff gave me my four years of Lafayette. And I just wanted to keep going down that route of having somebody that was going to challenge me the way he did. So there's this quote he gave me one time years and years ago that, of course, you, Bryce, and Diego all came up from Lafayette. And then, of course, Byron, also coached by Coach Neff, came up here too. But he said that Northwest was Lafayette's Duke. Like, we can get guys there. They're going to be successful, get educations, play good basketball. Is that something you kind of see, like, uh, some similarities there and something that's kind of rubbed off on you? Yeah. Um, Northwest, I'll just kind of tell you, it's it's one of those places that, 
it's it's a it's a real college feel and so like duke is a college feel like it is duke um no matter the sport no matter what you're doing up there like we went up there to play you know we've been lucky enough to go twice and it is incredible up there and it, you feel the same way here when you get on campus no matter if you're going to a sporting event uh, football game basketball game if you're just walking around the campus you know you got people that here that it is a family community i think that's the biggest piece of it you know it, it's it's not so much that it's it's a, a dominant, you know, athletics. Um, it's it's more of the fact that it's a family feel. Was Bryston being here before a big role in you being here? Then the same thing as, as Diego made his way here. Was that Lafayette connection huge? Yeah, so throughout the recruiting process, I, I talked to B a lot. Um, just kind of about things that he went through, how he got recruited, what he saw in Mac, the similarities, just to make sure, you know, I was, I was making the right decision that, you know, I ultimately made. Um, Diego was... A little bit similar in that aspect, you know. We talked, had some conversations, um, but you know, we're everybody at Lafayette. If, if you play for Neff, just because of who he is, like you got to be family. And so, a lot of the talks that you have, no matter who it's with, I know Diego probably talked to Bryson um, as well. But you know, it's those conversations are real. So there's never any lies told. It's always you know facts. It's always it all. It's always what it is without without any um, you know explanations behind it. So I think talking to the guys and having different dudes come up to Lafayette and having those conversations obviously help a lot. Now flipping the script where you're one of the lead recruiters for Northwest Missouri State and bringing in that talent, do you feel like that's something that you just get the experience and it kind of goes? Or if you're a recruiter and you're charismatic, it's going to happen. If not, it's it's going to be difficult regardless. It's a little bit of both. Um, obviously, the longer you do something, the better you get at it. Um, being a college coach and being, you know, full time, it's you're a professional at it. So you have to be a professional in everything you do, no matter if it's the scouting, the the hotels you talked about earlier, the recruiting. You got to be a pro and everything. So you got to find ways to be better than everybody else at your profession. Um, obviously, that stuff takes time. I'm still learning. Um, recruiting is something that I do enjoy, just because I get to build relationships with guys. We've got two right now, and and Joey Mattioni and and Marcus Glock that I've I've had a pleasure to get to know. Um, I'm happy that they're coming here. Really excited for them for next year. Um, but, you know, recruiting is, is something that takes time, takes some learning, but it's also a lot of people skills, just building relationships. All right, of course, we're four games into a season. We can't go through an interview without discussing the current team right now. You've got some scores on there, some experience, but still kind of working things out. You mentioned that the ice cube analogy of trying to reach and raise your level and that temperature throughout the year. What's the next step for this team? What do you want to see come through as we head into Thanksgiving break? I think the thing I want to see is a win um, tomorrow. <laughs> that's that's probably the biggest one. Um, but I think the the thing that we're learning right now as a group is is how to compete consistently. Um, we're we've got really competitive guys, and we've got some really skilled guys. Or you know, obviously because they they wouldn't be here if they weren't. Um, I think now is just kind of raising to that next level, amping up our intensity, understanding, you know, that it is a process, and it, it, we're not going to end up where we started. And I think. Just kind of them trusting the process of it all um, and, and going through it together, um, us as well as coaches, just making sure we're ready for these these games and making sure, you know, both those games that we lost, we were in control of. And so I think the biggest thing is just being able to finish right now. A lot of folks right now want to say, well, it's the first four games without Diego Bernard. And so that plays a factor. And that, that is a role. He's a great player for many years at Northwest. But it is a little bit deeper than that too, right, of just, you know, Every year presents this new challenge. You talk to Coach Mack. How does this year compare to the last? Well, they're, they're all different. Is that something you're just kind of seeing of different ways of pushing the right buttons and eventually seeing these guys take control of a game and, and keep it for 40 minutes? Oh, for sure. And, you know, I know you spoke on Diego, but 
I'd, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention Luke Waters too and all the, all the things that he brought. Um, both of those guys were, were great for us for years. Um, obviously not having those two guys that were here and they were staples of national title teams. You know, we're trying to find that that leadership. And Wes has done a, a phenomenal job at that. I think other guys have come along to kind of step up with him. Um, I think right now our identity needs to be a lot of defensive stops and being tough. Um, and again, that's the ice cube. Well, we're going to raise it. We're going to get there. Um, right now, it's not showing as much. I know some people are having doubts about Northwest basketball. You know, two losses in four games to start the season is not something that's normal here just because, you know, we've been so successful for a long time because we've had, you know, those greedy guys that we still have. You know, we've, we've won national titles with, what, four or five different guys in this roster now. And so we, we still have those guys. we just got to get it out of them a little bit more than what we are. All right, Zave, I appreciate your time today. A few more quick ones, if that's all right. These are easy ones. I've kind of got the hard ones out of the way, right? Um, well, maybe. Uh, out of the head coaches you played for coming up, Chris Neff and Ben McCollum, uh, who had the better hair? Um, you know, Neff had that flow, um, but the problem with his flow is that when he got mad, you knew, what he, you knew when he was mad because he would run his fingers to that thing. Um, and I think... He gets mad pretty often because I've seen him in the last few months here, and it's 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 starting to you know recede a little bit. It's it's going away. Um, Mac, I'm not sure has ever had a flow, and he runs his hands through his little bit of hair that he has too. Um, I think just because of the severe drop off that Neff's had with his flow, I'm gonna have to go with Mac. <laughs> but you know that's a pretty tough one. All right, we're recording this on Tuesday. We've got uh, Thanksgiving in two days. Top Thanksgiving tradition. Like, are you a guy that's going to run a 5K on Thanksgiving? All about the turkey, watching football? What is it? Um, I'm definitely not a 5K guy. Um, I do not enjoy running. Ever since I've stopped playing college basketball, I'm not sure how much my legs move that fast anymore. Um, I do enjoy, you know, spending time with the family. We usually watch the Cowboys games. I got I got some family members that are huge Cowboys fans. My my mamma Jan Kurth and then uh, my mom's boyfriend um Arthur. He they he they're die hard. I don't understand what it is about the Dallas Cowboys when we are nowhere around that area, but they love that team something serious and we will sit there eat and watch the game until it's over. Are you are you there kind of prodding the whole time like rooting for the other team? Honestly, by the time I get my second plate, I'm I'm probably asleep. Um, just to be completely honest, I could care less about the game after halftime. All right. All right. Um, last one. Maybe this one's kind of hard. I need to rank these shooters based on how clutch they are. Okay. Uh, Zach Schneider, mm -hmm. Justin Pitts. I'm not including Trevor because he was redshirting your senior year, so you didn't play with him. Uh, then third, Billy Cook. Wow. Clutch. I would probably put Billy at three. Billy's got to be a three. That's my guy, man. He's He's been my guy for a long time, but he knows I'm a better shooter than he is realistically. Um, Justin and Zach, wow. I'm going to have to go Justin at two because I do remember there was a shot that sent us to the regional um, that Zach made in the municipal. We were playing Missouri Southern, and he hit a three to, to win the game, um, and that was – Still something that just kind of stays with me. It was incredible. Um, I'm going to have to go with that one, but all three of those dudes can really shoot the ball. Um, what we didn't do was include myself in that, and I would like it to be known that a noon ball, there was a few years ago where I hit some really clutch threes and 15-point um, game that uh, sent you know us young guys back to the office <laughs> with a win. Um, I'd probably put myself at five.
Well, I, everybody at listening would pick you for number one. I was trying to just <laughs> eliminate the top choice and give everybody else who would actually be number two. Right, but, right. That's yeah. smart. That's smart. Yeah. Zave, thanks for the time. I appreciate it. And uh, good luck. Enjoy the rest of your Thanksgiving. And uh, we'll talk to you again throughout the year. No problem. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks to Xavier Kurth for joining us on today's podcast. Of course, a national champion as a player in that 2017 team. Also a national champion as an assistant coach with Northwest Missouri State Bearcat men's basketball. And you can see that Northwest team in its home opener coming up on November 30th. That is also the MIAA opener. The Bearcats will be hosting Missouri Southern that day. A 7.30 tip-off for the men, a 5.30 for the women. So a Bearcat doubleheader coming to you on November 30th. That's going to do it for us on this edition of Bearcat Rewind. Thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday. I'm Matt Tritton. We'll talk to you again next time.